0: Welcome to the Fatty Z Muskie Podcast. I'm Andy, joined by Vance in the front of the ranger and Todd Young on speakerphone. And this is our second attempt at this podcast. I want everyone to know. Uh, I'll explain a little more later. Um, This podcast brought to you by Fatty Z Muskie Products. Like us on Facebook, Fatty Z Muskie Products there, FattyZMuskie.com. And Fatty Z Muskie on Instagram. Uh, we're also brought to you by Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, which is mcfishingguides.com, uh, Muddy Creek Fishing Guides on Facebook, and Instagram, which is the Fatty Z Muskie Products Instagram. So you get a double whammy right there, thanks to Vance. Two for one. Two for one. We are joined by Pete Anderson, um, but we also got to make a shout out to St. Croix. Todd, you want to take that? Yep. Yeah.
1: Rod. I've been using them for years, and uh, we're going to continue using them. Uh, mostly made in the U.S.A. i going to order one out tomorrow, and uh, going to replenish my stock for next season.
0: Now, where do and, they go, uh, Todd? Where, great, where, great products. Where, where does your rods go that you have to order more? Big fish take well, them over?
1: over board? Only, no, no, the fish don't take them, and they, and they don't break. I've never broke one yet. But, uh, you know when you're on the guide staff they want me to uh you know use the rods for the season and you know if i got any clients that are getting into the sport sell them a rod here and there so you know every once in a while you know someone will be interested in them and I, man, I really want to get into this and, and where do you get the rod so i can sell them one of my guide rods that i used last season and uh then i get new ones it says right on them that it was made for a guide and uh I'm able to turn some of the rods over, and then I'm able to have new, newer
0: rods uh, each year. Nice. So, um, anyone out there that wants a Saint Croix, become <laughs> friends with Todd on Facebook, and he, you can, yeah. he'll tell you his inventory of used rods. If you want to have a rod that has thrown Mitch, he yeah. has them. I do have them. Yes, yeah,
1: I have them. thrown Mitch, and some of them have caught a lot of fish. That's right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, why we started this podcast over again is because we uh, we just, a photographer just left here. We are getting a little uh, article written in a, in a paper here by our hometown called the Meadville Tribune. Pete Anderson is here. He is, did a little interview with us, and we invited him to stick around. Uh, Pete was telling us before the podcast that him and Mark Zuckerberg actually started Facebook.
2: Mm-hmm. Very important people were getting as Yeah, this is not our fair time, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Just a weekend.
3: One crazy weekend.
0: <laughs> no, that, that's a joke. That's, that's not... This <laughs> is not like extreme, you know, <laughs> reference section journalism here. I made that up. We're going to get um, sued now.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, anyways, we had the photographer. She... We started the podcast... Because she said she was running late, and we got halfway through the intro, and she showed up. So we hit the pause button. Actually, I, I dumped it, and we got our photos taken. Vance had this big pink scarf he wrapped around yeah. his neck. I had the fan blowing on him just right. Yeah, it was nice. And uh, so hopefully that one gets to, gets pushed through. Pete, <laughs> Pete you got any uh, pull, pull with that, with what photos go through? Are you going to see them? What's that? Are, are you gonna see the photos before they get published?
3: Uh, possibly.
0: Well, I'm if, not sure. Try if if you do, try to get the one with the pink scarf pushed through. There you go.
1: Yeah. Okay. Dance loves pink.
0: That's right. Hot color <laughs> out there on the lake. It is. So all right, let's uh, you know, Pete. I really only know you from Facebook and. I, I really don't know a whole lot about you. So tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself.
3: Uh, I'm a freelance writer. I live, uh, near Charlotte, North Carolina right now. Uh, but I grew up outside of Syracuse and I spent about, uh, in between, I spent about two years in near neck of the woods, uh, working at a, nice, a small daily newspaper there. Um, uh, I do a, a lot of freelance writing, and, and when I'm not behind the keyboard, I'm usually out. I'm uh, trying to catch a muskie or two.
2: Very nice.
0: Now, but, now you you're from North Carolina. How how did the Tar Heels do last night?
3: Uh, oh, I'm not sure. As a as a Syracuse boy, I was still a little sad from uh, yeah from the couple nights before. So okay, I couldn't yeah. bear to watch last night. But I guess they did pretty good because there were a lot of uh, fireworks and stuff going off on our street.
2: <laughs> <No. laughs> <laughs> <Like, laughs> Those might have been gunshots because they lost at a buzzer beater. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I mean, Dave, you know, we don't get into this, uh, you know, we never talk about that, but I did watch the second half of that game. And, uh, you know, I was a basketball player in high school, basketball player in college, and uh, that was unbelievable. That that was just an unbelievable game, an unbelievable ending to that game. I don't care what sport you're into, it was just an insane the way that happened. Did you,
2: you did you watch that? Oh yeah, I watched. I mean, I I don't know how deep we can get into it, but that I just had a feeling that was going to happen, and Nova did that a couple years back in the Elite Eight uh, yeah. games against Pitt. I'm pretty sure that. They they had two they had a couple yeah. seconds left they threw like a hell mary down there the guy caught it right under the bucket put it That's in game best. over they did it the same <laughs> the same thing no, to North Carolina last night last
3: night it was tied up with what four seconds
2: to go yeah and and they hit yeah. North Carolina hit a hit a three tied it up with four seconds left Nova took the inbound and guy drove it right up court t- handed the ball off basically and the guy took like it's a Steph off. Curry go. NBA three and just drained it.
1: Yeah, it, 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 it was a great ending. We don't want to put much sports yeah we did much, but it was an unbelievable. I I wasn't even rooting for either team, but I was sitting there watching it, and my wife was doing something on, on her phone. And did it was you, like? Yeah, I I didn't have to cheer for it. It was great.
0: <laughs> now, I, how I found out the ending was, I was scrolling through Twitter, and I follow a comedian called Jim Norton. And he posted, a, he retweeted a Vine. He goes, "This is all I needed to watch
2: for this game. It saved me over two hours." And, and that's that's what, when I tuned into it. I, I couldn't, I couldn't find it, and I finally found out it was broadcasted by like TNT or something. Mm-hmm. I swear, TN, mm-hmm. TNT broadcasted it. Uh, that's still a channel. I <laughs> a channel. Okay. and yeah, I, I turned it on and I and I saw both of those threes, and I was like, okay. Good, okay. done deal. <laughs> Great. 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 Good, <laughs> times. Yeah. Good times. Good Bunch. times. Yeah, Bunch.
1: But we got to meet. Let, let, we'll get back on track here. Okay, we got to meet Pete down in uh, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And I went down to the Kentucky Outdoor Sports Show, and uh, you know, Pete came up, started talking to us, and yeah, that's where we met Pete. And how did you? I mean, how did you hear about the podcast? How how, how did you start listening?
3: I was just a, a buddy that I fished with sometimes sent me a text and said, hey, you got to check out this podcast. So I, I went and listened to one of them. I think about that time you had maybe eight or nine of them done. Mm-hmm. Um, and I listened to the first one, and, and I heard you mention the and one. I was like, hey, I, I know where that is. Mm-hmm. And then you talked a little bit about a few of the other lakes in the area, and then, well, I really know where that is. So I looked you up and, and realized that you were kind of in my old uh, stomping ground. Yeah. I did a little uh, a binge listing the next couple of days and got caught back up to everything.
2: Nice. <laughs> um, so you, so, yeah, awesome. you you live in in North Carolina now. Where do you where do you fish at down there? If you want to, you know, get out for a day.
3: Uh, if I, I do a lot of bass fishing. I do a lot of uh, local and state and regional bass tournaments. So I'll, I spend a lot of time on uh, Lake Wiley and Lake Norman, which are right around Charlotte. Uh, but if I'm going muskie fishing, I'm usually uh, headed to the mountains. There's a, a couple reservoirs that I can use my boat on um, that have uh, pretty good populations of muskies. And then there's some uh, smaller rivers out towards Asheville and a couple new lakes up in the mountains that have them. That's their options
2: too. That's incredible. What what boat do you fish out of?
3: I have a 19-foot speeder bass boat.
2: Nice. What's
3: pushing it? Yeah. Uh, 175 mercury.
2: Nice,
1: so. nice. We'll do about 68 in just a minute. Mm, that, oh that, wow, that is yeah, yeah. that's speed. Now yeah, definitely not in that area. I I, I fish like Norman. we just like straight fish fishing time for one time. Worked mm-hmm. up around Asheville and stuff. I did, but I do. Yeah, there's, lot, there's there's now did you musky? You did not musky fish much when you were up here. Can you remember it at at this way?
3: Uh, now, uh, well, growing up in Syracuse, I always kind of knew they were around, and, and growing up, I was lucky that my dad would pile my brother and I in the truck, and he would take us fishing every weekend, both days, and we would, you know, all the Finger Lakes, Thousand Islands, uh, all those lakes there, so we always kind of knew it was there, and we would make some some trips to Thousand Islands in the fall to do a little muskie fishing, but they'd all kind of deteriorated into bass fishing once we went a, little, a couple hours without catching. Yeah. Up. <laughs> yeah, So We went there and um, we went to Juanita a couple times, and then uh, Canada De Lake, which is out kind of south of Utica, which has some good tiger muskies in it. Okay. Um, so we were always kind of around them, uh, but never really target them. We were—I was always kind of right in the in the bass frame of mind
1: mm-hmm.
3: Uh, mm-hmm. but being down here um uh, i'm always looking for ways to get back up to st lawrence River and thousand islands um uh, which is one of my favorite places to fish so i guess it was the fall of 2012 my dad and brother and i hired a guide and we went up there for a couple of days to to drag big baits around 48 mm-hmm. and all those places there oh yeah never had a bite uh but still came home and uh was ready to go again, and didn't want to, you know, was kind of bummed out that I thought I might have to drive back up there or back up to <laughs> where you guys are to catch him again. So I started poking around and, and came across a bunch of information about uh, a little musky fishery right there in North Carolina.
0: Now, how do those little, your, your little lakes there, I don't know, they could be giant lakes, I don't know. How, how do they... Do they give up big fish, a lot of fish? Do you just work really hard for them?
3: It's, it, we don't have the acreage that you guys do, so we'll never go out and catch, you know, have a day where we catch four or five of them. You know, it's usually you see one and you catch one or you might catch two. Um, but they catch fish over 50 inches fairly regularly every year. So.
0: Nice. Have you ever got one?
1: It's a really good river, uh and river fishing down there, from what I've understood. Because some yeah, of the streams are, are where most of the guys are targeting the fish.
3: Yeah. Small rivers. Uh, probably the best uh, body of water in the state is the French Broad River. That receives <laughs> most of the, the stocking, and that's not a very big river. I mean, you can only really fish it out of a, a John boat with either a small
1: outboard or a jet drive. So, so when you're fishing, are you wading? Oh no, we're we're all no, on you a, think about a boat. Yeah, I use the two lakes that
3: I fished, I'm actually way up in the incoming river, the main okay. the main artery for the for the lake, and I can run my boat right up to oh, okay. the areas where the fish are. But yeah. the trench I can't, uh and then we have another small four hundred acre lake that has a maximum of fifty horsepower. So that that's kinda of off the table for me right now too. So yeah. but they get big fish out of that too. Nice. Uh, that that lake is where the state record came out of, and that's, I believe, 45 pounds.
1: Yeah. So that's big. <laughs>
2: yeah. Do you see a lot of natural reproduction down there?
3: I, in the, the two lakes that I can fish with my boat, yeah, they don't receive any stocking at all. Uh, they're not a, a natural habitat for muskies. They somehow work their way in there and have taken right off, and they uh Regularly there, in fact, that's where the Wildlife Commission goes to get a lot of the fish that they use for their stocking program, because out of those those two lakes, and then everything else is all stocked fish. There's very little natural reproduction in
1: the other bodies of water. Are they putting hybrids in some of those lakes down there? Hybrids of in tigers? Or, yeah, um, the tiger marshes, yeah. Uh, there's no
3: tigers that I know of, but they are okay. putting some of the sterile triploids in some of the... Uh, Western lakes, uh, Lake chila which is way out west they put those in there to see how they'll do uh, that oh. way if things go horribly wrong they can just let them them die out and yeah return to normal but they've had success there make other for fall with their stocking program
0: but, so you, you you say you you bass fish what yeah. what's your biggest bass I, I gotta ask.
3: Uh, in a tournament it was uh six pounds and ten ounces, and that all came out of the St. Lawrence River. So.
0: Was that a smallmouth? Pardon? mouth. What was that a large mouth or small mouth?
3: Large mouth.
1: That's a big large mouth. Yeah. That's a big large mouth or small mouth. Yeah, especially in yeah. waterway. Mm. Not, yeah, yeah. St. Lawrence is out. Florida? Yeah. That's a big one. That's awesome. So, uh, can you still do some bass fishing, like tournaments?
3: Yeah, I fish some local tournaments around Charlotte. Um, there's there's a huge turn bass tournament scene there. I think you can fish a tournament every day of the week yeah. um, on Lake Norman if you want to. Yeah. yeah. do. you ever they, they have big tournaments right along with the tournaments? In fact, exactly. we fished one a couple of weeks ago on, on Lake Hickory. Three or four guys that were getting ready to go. I really wanted to fish one that night, but they had fished all day, and then they were ready
1: to enter another one. Going to another one, yeah. yeah. Did you ever catch any of the stripers out there on Lake Norman, when you were fishing for the bass? Any of the what? Any of the striped bass? Uh, no, I haven't run any to stripers there, but
3: I have down on the uh, Savannah River chain, which runs between mm-hmm. South Carolina and Georgia. Okay. Uh, I know they've had some problems with the stripers on. Norman the last few years, and that they've been trying to um, bring along a good population of hybrid straight bass. Oh yeah, okay. be a little more tolerable, tolerable of the uh, higher water temperatures. Okay, okay.
0: Now, the, the the lakes that you're fishing for musky, they're they're up in the mountains. I never, I, I always kind of I've heard that you know North Carolina has some mountains. I never, I I just can't picture it. D- does that water temperature get up high?
3: In the in the mountain lakes, it, probably in the dead of summer, you're looking at maybe low, maybe mid 80s. Okay, that's still pretty but, warm. You know, come down to Lake Norman, and you're pushing 100 degrees.
2: That's a, that's, okay, that's very yeah. warm.
3: Yeah. So we kind of our off season is kind of uh, June, July, and August when the, those water temperatures get so high that it's you know it's a dangerous to try to try to do a release. So we usually kind of back off during the summer and let them be
0: where they are. They can tolerate those temperatures. It's just that added stress of catching them is usually a little too much for them. 100 degree water temperatures. Yeah, that is a hot tub. You could probably find a nice stagnant pool and jump in and come out with a tail. (laughs) There's just probably so (laughs) much stuff going on that (laughs) stuff can grow. It's a breeding ground.
3: Yeah. Well, there that time of year, I make sure I have a little bit of butter and lemon in my tackle box because most <laughs> times the fish come out already poached. <laughs> so nice. And no. Have a little lunch
2: there. Poached musky. Yeah. yeah. Love it.
0: That's that's crazy. So you, it probably eliminates, you know, because like when I heard mountains, I'm like, oh, that could be cool. I mean, I know that walleye probably can't go you know, that far south, but if, if it was deep enough, you could probably hold some cold water species, but that probably just don't make it down there.
3: Yeah, there's actually, uh, in one of the lakes that I fish for and there's actually a, a pretty good population of walleye. Really? And then it's, Yeah, and if you go a little bit farther west, um, west of Asheville, almost kind of just north of Georgia, way up in the mountains, there's a lot of deep reservoirs where they actually troll for trout with downriggers and the whole spoons and stuff like that.
2: What kind of trout are
3: they? I don't know. Trout, trout. I trout, trout. <laughs> like rainbow. <laughs> that's that's my kind of guy. I, it. I, I love that. it. Coutfishy's fruit, like that's info on that line. But there are a few lakes out there that they do the trolling for. I think they're browns and maybe...
2: Rainbows, browns, something like that. Cutthroat... All that
0: stuff. <laughs> yeah, probably like river runs through it. People up there just casting
2: for beautiful trout. Sounds like it sounds like an awesome little area you got there, all high up in elevation. You got a little bit of everything. While I must it's like up
1: here. Yeah, North Carolina is a wonderful state. I mean, I always in my travels, I've always thought if I was going to pick a state that I could just say, This is where I wish I would have grown up or whatever. North Carolina, because if you live in the central part of North Carolina, around Charlotte, like 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 you say, you can go up into the mountains and it's it's beautiful up in there. Mm. Up around Asheville and and uh, Boone, yep. Boone, North Carolina, yeah, that that area is it's great. And if you want to go to the beach, you just head the other way a few hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty centrally located. Yes, yeah.
0: So you know, you you were right around my little neck of the woods here. You know, probably an hour or so for me, back road, so it's not that far. What, what really made you want to move?
3: I wanted to fish year-round. I wanted to use my boat 12 months out of the year. Okay. <laughs> and, and, and since I moved down here, I haven't put it away. It's, it's been in the water every month for the last uh, 12 years.
2: No kidding. That's incredible. So you, awesome. mo- you moved for fishing as well? Pardon? You moved to fish
3: yeah yeah definitely actually when, <laughs> my first uh my first taste in North Carolina I came down to do a little freelance work uh, when the Bassmaster of Classic was in Charlotte on Lake Wiley in 2004 and that kind of sealed the deal i don't I don't think it was three weeks later and I was back on my way down for a, a job interview that worked out so. that's awesome <laughs> it kind of fell in place
1: Incredible, but I
3: didn't realize the the musky fishing I would giving up
2: so you 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 hang around the the bass industry decently then you're you're in tune with those people do they always have great musky stories do you have any any good musky stories from uh you know when you're out there you know fishing for bass do you you see them come up oh yeah we would uh you know
3: when we fished tournaments on Chautauqua, that was the you know that was the big almost worry for us. You know they would kind of. I remember the first time I was in the North Basin and throwing a big spinner bait over grass bed, and as it was coming up to my feet, it just this four foot long submarine appeared, mm. and I just froze. <laughs> and then just as quick, there was a you know a boil about the size of the deck of the boat where that it left as it. it took off the direction, and I. I've had buddies there that, you know, have gotten into tug awards with muskies for, you know, smallmouth during tournaments, you know, like I need that and muskie like, No, I want that for lunch and, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and um, so I fish I used to fish uh tiny Nesta Lake a lot, which is not mm-hmm. for you guys. No. And I had one there um grab a crappie that I was reeling in and that was that that was a cool experience. It was like someone did uh set off a camera flash under the water there was such a big flash when he turned and ate it and then i only had eight pound tests that we did a little bit of a tug of war and i just kind of wanted to see him but he he finally let go of the the crappie and it kind of came fluttering up (laughs) and it looked like it had taken a ride around a food process
0: tell me you were crappie fishing for bait you, you're you catching crappie for
2: bait. Yeah. Dumb, yeah. And chucking it back
0: up. We use
3: a lot of crappie-colored lures down here. That's one of the better patterns. Yep. Well, oh, No, I probably just everybody. <laughs> no, that's good.
0: I, I don't know how many guys are listening in North Carolina that are going to target bass and muskies down there. Yeah. Yeah,
3: that's true.
0: <laughs> but you never know. I, you might have just blown up all your spots and everyone's... Skipping Kentucky and Tennessee, they're coming right to NC. Yeah.
2: With their, they're getting their crappy colored lures right now.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, you you did you, you did a little bit of tie nest fishing.
0: Did you do any of the river fishing around here, or just the the, the reservoir kind of? Uh, just
3: the uh, just tie nest mostly because that was once again the horsepower thing. That was like was just weight to me that I could run my boat on. But I would go up to Chautauqua and I would go to Presque Isle. Um, I went to uh, spend a day in Plymouth tuning with another guy in his smaller boat. Yeah. So, and then I would do a lot of, you know, going to tournaments, whether it was uh, Puyuca Lake, uh, one of the lakes in New York, or down to the Potomac River, things like that. Yeah. Now, so
0: you, you, you did Presque Isle. What, what were you doing and why were you in Presque Isle? Not that it, I'm not, I don't really. What were you fishing for?
3: Yeah. Bass. Small, large, large mouth, and small Were, were yeah.
0: you doing the spring fishing?
3: Yeah, but they were calling to do the catch release season in the spring. So we'd go up there yep. and fish the lagoons and stuff. They'd all be packed in there. And then as a got in later in the spring, you could kind of go out into the lake a little bit and catch the small mouths as they were coming in and out of the day to so. spawn.
0: Yeah, did you catch any real pigs out there?
3: I got a couple of that were right around six pounds so. yeah that
0: that place can kick them out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's not many places less that I know of that can give up the sheer size and numbers of fish than Eerie. you know that this little part of Erie mm-hmm. can do,
3: yeah, and that that central section of the lake kind of doesn't get the publicity that you know the buffalo end and the the bass islands and you know the eastern and western basins.
1: Yeah, it's funny. I mean, I think of their, that little section of Pennsylvania. I mean, if you, just want to catch, if you just want to catch steelhead, I don't know where you would go. You would catch more. I'm not saying it's the most pristine fishing, but uh, steelhead, small moon, perch, walleye. I mean, the whole way around. Unbelievable fishery going on right there. They, mm-hmm.
0: there's the, the brown trout are starting to get big. They recently mm-hmm. started doing them. The Lakers, that's kicking off real big. Last couple years. Yep. And it's it's just, it's, it's kind of neat how on the west side of Erie, the lake's pretty, you know, for the most part, shallow. Then you go on the east side of Erie, and it's just, like, deep. Relative. Mm-hmm. Relatively speaking. It's not yeah. deep like Michigan and stuff like that. But um, Lake Michigan, not the Michigan part of Lake Erie. <laughs> I wanted to clear that up before someone points that one out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah
3: Get my picture in Niagara. Is that above or the falls? Is that on the
0: Erie side or the Ontario side? I would think I I should probably know my geography better, but isn't it right there at Buffalo at Niagara Falls, and then the Niagara River goes from the falls to Ontario? Could
3: be. Well, there's the
0: upper and the lower, so I imagine it's probably both.
3: Okay.
0: And I'm I'm gonna be an idiot because I don't know it and. There's going to be someone yelling at their car, yeah. listening listening to me be stupid. <laughs> um, I think
1: most of those guys are fishing the, the Blue River Niagara. Okay. Because those fish are coming out of Lake Erie, you know, and they're heading up in
0: well, then when that,
1: that, that fall run that they do. Okay. I think they're below the falls at that point.
0: Okay. They're probably not well, making no. it back up the falls, like that little spillway.
1: They're spill going with... to up that fall. <laughs> <They don't, yeah. laughs> <laughs> it's a, one trip. it's get a, a barrel. It's one of the it's eight barrel. wonders of the world for for a reason. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know that like, they are not going to jump that one.
0: No, because I I see him try
1: they fish above it too. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, Buffalo Harbor is very well was made popular, and I don't know if it's if it still is a popular destination, but um that that one place in Wisconsin I should know its name because I'm very unprofessional right now where there's that little like round spillway thing and those muskies try to jump it and it's only a couple feet yeah that you ever watch the videos of that oh yeah they try mm-hmm. you got to give them an a for effort oh yeah <laughs> they make it some do some just aren't in shape they just can't do it <laughs> you got to give them a hand so i I would go there and try yeah. And I would release them up above. It, it's go. helping them mm-hmm. out of season. No, it's it's helping. <laughs> Sometimes you have to do that.
2: You troll for them in there.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Nice. Deep diving crankbaits, and you run them right along that concrete. Kind of make a uh, go a
1: real tight circle.
0: Yeah. Yep. Make a whirlpool and exactly. I jig them up. <laughs> I see what it's would jig up and. They'd always get caught in their side. I can't help it.
2: <laughs> uh, uh, Pete, you fish to talk about. Did you have any success on there? Did you ever strictly fish for muskies on that lake?
3: No, I never, never really just targeted muskies there. It was always I was there uh, bass fishing and ran into them. Mm-hmm. But simply, for me. You know, I kind of. always... Knew about it and always was interested in, it, but never really. I i have not to chase them now. Really, <laughs> so that all kind
2: of. Uh, We're having a little technical difficulty with
0: Pete. What, are you in a bad bad area for reception?
2: Up in the mountains.
3: I could be. I'm actually coming to you, or coming from a beautiful downtown Georgetown, South Carolina, right now.
2: Okay, because that
0: last little sentence came in and out. So people, if he's be easy on him, he's traveling.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. So, um, have you got any destined, have you been out musky fishing yet this year?
3: Uh, yeah, actually it was, uh, I've been out three times, um, in, in the last two weeks. And I'm one of the weeks that have musky down here. I had one about, uh, in the high 30s on and halfway back to the boat before it made a run and came off. The second trip, we didn't see anything. And then the third trip, I had one probably little 30s come up behind the
1: Raptor. Oh, nice. Oh. Nice. Yeah.
3: That's
2: what I like to hear. You, you were using a Raptor. What? An 8-inch Raptor?
3: Yeah, 8-inch Raptor. And uh, it a shad color. Nice.
0: A shad color. Mm-hmm. That was a special color.
2: Is that the the first time you ever used those baits?
3: Yeah. So far this year it's been the first. But I really like time, um, a little bit ahead of time, I really like that hang that goes in it. it the action the knee is almost kind of a cross between a, a suic and a glide bait. You know, you kind of get that straight down hammering thing like a suic, but then and you can throw a little slack back in the line, you'll get it to kick off to the side like a glide beam.
0: So you're making it like a hybrid. Yeah. Double duty, double oh, yeah. threat.
3: <laughs> I'm throwing everything in.
0: All you need to do is throw that raptor. It's <laughs> yeah. a shameless plug right there. Shameless plug. <laughs> you
3: mean there's other musky lures out there? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did did you pick that bait up? And, uh, for all I know, you could have got it off Facebook. Did you pick that up at the Kentucky show?
3: The first, the rapture that I was using the other day, I actually ordered from you. Uh, right after there was that uh, Muskie Inc. tournament on Talk. Or on, excuse me, on, I ordered a couple from you. Okay. And then uh, when I found out you guys were going to the Kentucky show, I picked up a couple more
0: while I
3: was there.
0: Yeah, I remember... I th- I've, I, I vaguely remember you ordering because there were times that I was moving a lot of them on Facebook. And, and uh, but...
2: How'd you hear about them? How'd you hear about the baits? Uh, through the podcast. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. There you go. So I
3: started, started this listening to bit. it and then did a few uh, Google searches and came across the website and kind of put everything together.
0: Nice. And then the, the the great plug for the Facebook,
2: and then we started chatting. There it is. And uh, that's the musky realm. It's a lot smaller than the than than the bass industry. That's for sure. You do those bass tournaments. That's that's crazy. I'll I'll see them up at Chautauqua. I, mean, I remember a couple, a couple years ago they had a they had the championship up there, and there was about a hundred thousand dollar Ranger sitting right at the boat ramp. It was mm-hmm. it was impressive.
0: Yeah, I, I was yeah. there that day too, and when I was docking my boat, I, I failed to cut the motor quick enough, and I rammed in the back of the boat and cracked the hood on the. Mm.
2: <laughs> I, no, I
0: didn't do that, but I just I, I wanted to
2: make up a story too because Vance saw boats and I didn't get to see them. <laughs> that, I, I saw about a uh, hundred and twenty-five bass boats up there, and they were all incredible rigs. Did you see Roland Martin?
3: I don't know. <laughs> they right. actually the ski fishing and, and bass fishing actually kind of complement themselves complement each other really well I know just I started fishing muskie I feel like it's helped me become a better bass fisherman, and the stuff I know from here's the bass fishing I think it's giving me a little jump start on the muskie because most of the muskie fishing we're doing down here you're you're kind of go, you're going down the bank fishing lay downs and log jams and things like that so you know it's it's like bass fishing but with a lot bigger baits mm-hmm. um, so, and then on the flip side you know the, the patience you develop chasing muskies you know and that anticipation and of knowing that it's going to happen eventually just hang in there that that's really helped me out in tournaments too you know oh sure Keeps you yeah. up and, you know keeps you eating keels and so you don't panic if it's noon and you haven't had a bite yet mm-hmm.
0: that sounds like me bass fishing <laughs> I don't get a bite and go to musky fish and I start seeing fish <laughs> I, I suck <laughs> it's supposed to be the other way around <laughs> supposed to but so you know ha- have you ever won a tournament oh
3: yeah I won a bunch of club tournaments uh, back in New York and a couple here in North Carolina and I uh, won a New York State Bass Federation Tournament down on the Hudson River, uh, just south of Albany. Wow. And i had some other high finishes in regional and state tournaments. Like that.
1: You know, I- cool. you have tons of opportunities in the bass fishing tournaments. There's not that many opportunities like that to do in the muskies. Other in the local club tournaments, you know, you have the PMTT and you live in Illinois, you have the I think yeah, they still I, have it, the IMTT and all that kind
3: of stuff. But, yeah. I know you guys have fished some of the musky turnips. How, how do they work? So, how do you score the fish? Is it, does somebody well, have to have, to check it? Or?
1: Yeah, that's, that's the way they always did it. You know, you just brought the fish up and, uh, you know, you called a judge boat or you took the fish to a judge boat. It was big enough someplace. It a lot of transport. You had a live oil in there. But the uh, IMTT this year is going all uh you know, catch foot release. They're gonna give it you know, you have to have a digital camera, get to get the picture of the fish on the board. And then once you release the fish, you call it in and you can't fish until you get it called in. So that's the way they're gonna start doing the doing a tournament. And I I you know, I think it's a good thing.
2: Because you know, touch on how they used to do it. I mean you and when when you and Dale used to do it when it when it first started you took a live well out uh, that was big enough to, to basically hold a muskie uh, yeah. and, and you would have to keep yeah. it.
1: And every state you went to, I mean, every, every place had different regulations. You know, they they, they, they would get the, uh, let's say Chautauqua Lake, for example, 40-inch size limit. Sometimes they would get that wave to where they would allow you to Register a 34 inch fish. So at that point, you can't bring a 34 inch fish on board. You would just net it, call the judge. You know, the judge would come over. You'd pick the fish up, lay it down, and uh, sometimes, you know, as long as it was a legal fish to transport, so sometimes we would take the fish, stick it alive, well, run to the judge boat. They always, you know, you had a, you certainly knew where the judges were, and. uh, you, know, you could run it over and get them to measure it. Then you, you did your paperwork, released the fish. Uh, it's going to be a lot quicker now. You know, there were times that, that you were down for 20 minutes, you know.
3: Uh, yeah, you would, or? yeah,
1: yeah, catch a fish, tell them what zone you're in, some of the places you couldn't transport, and... Uh, uh, even though it was the pro trail. I mean, it happened to us many times. It's like, you know, everyone, everyone's listening to that radio. And, uh, you know, there's times we'd be fishing an area and we would catch fish, and they'd catch a second fish, and there was not that many people around us, and the next thing you knew, there was a bunch of people fishing the area. So I think it's going to be nice that you don't have to tell them what zone you're in or what you're doing, because, you know, we got 150 boats out there, 120 boats, you know, struggling or not getting anything when they hear you call a couple the times, they come your way. <laughs> oh, yeah.
3: Yeah. So you, that's how you would call it. You would go right over a, a VHS Marine yeah. and say, come on over?
1: Yeah. Yeah, hey, you know, we're in zone. They would split the, the lake up into different zones. And you might say, hey, we're in zone 13. We're in a, you know, Greenland. And, uh, you know, we have a fish. And they would come over to judge us. And then, uh, yeah, you'd put the fish back and would it ever do the be a work and get going.
0: Would it ever be a jury trial or just a judge?
1: <laughs> it was just a judge, no okay. jury. <laughs> and you get, so, yeah, you, and, you, and you sign up. Yeah. You sign up. You only sign up, you say you're going to, you would be willing to take the lie detector test. So, okay. Yeah, I guess that was a jury.
3: <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> I don't know if they ever did that, but goodness there there is no executioner. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Usually if you were the ex- executioner on the fish, you would get deducted points. Uh, you, yeah. you you have to yeah. you have to release them correctly and you get I think there's a bonus, another ten points added onto the fish for a clean release.
1: Really?
2: Now Todd, are they
0: gonna yeah. be getting rid of that 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 release bonus?
1: I I, I don't know that for sure yet. Yeah, you know, I think it's still 10, you know, 10 points for a release.
0: And, uh, I mean, I guess the only way is open up your yeah. live well if there's a fish in there. Yeah, I've taken this well, one with not, me. Well,
1: you're not just going to put the fish back and say, yeah, release. I mean, who, who, who wouldn't? Well, I, don't, I don't know if they're going to do the 10 points anymore. I, I, I'm not sure of that we'll figure it out. Vance and I are going to head down there to Kentucky. Uh, it's always a fun time. It's always a long shot, but we're going to get a and fish it. And we'll see what they
3: say at the uh, meeting on Friday night. <laughs> well, going back to the Kentucky show, I know I traveled up there with one of the guys that I musky fished with a lot, and we had a, a great time. Um, got to see a lot of different stuff. How did you guys think of that show from, the, from a vendor's perspective?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's so much... It, 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 it's a lot different than when we do a show around home here. You know, mm-hmm. when you're when you're down there, uh, people know about sad Easy, people know about our rod holders, people know about the baits, uh, you know, heard about them. But uh, you don't get near the, you know, we didn't get near the traffic as we do when we do a local show by any means. But, uh, you know, that's what you got to do. You got to go out there and get them out there. We had a mm-hmm. lot of people come up and then stop and they've heard about them. They heard about the podcast. They heard about the baits. They pick up a raptor or two or a glide bait or, you know, a couple rod holders. And then, you know, they use it to catch fish. And, uh, you know, that's the way you build the business. But I think it was a good show for the first time around. You know, there wasn't, uh, you know, there wasn't a ton of vendors, but, you know, for the guys down south, it was a lot, <laughs> it was the first one they had.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely nice to be able to and and put some of those lures that you only been able to see in the catalogs that are magazines in your hand and you no. don't actually see what a 8-inch, what their 8-inch day looks like. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Now, how far of a drive was it for you to get to the Kentucky show?
3: It uh, was... Five hours door to door, so not you know in the realm of traveling to fish, uh, not too bad.
0: Okay, that's still that's still a drive, five hours. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah,
0: and that's probably going to be the closest show you're going to get too.
1: I would think so. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, you put a couple more hours there, you'd be in Ohio.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, so it yeah. There's I, I don't see. Another...
3: So I think if, if they did it again, I think we would plan to spend a couple extra days there and fish while we were there
2: there you go
0: I mean
3: Kate Run Lake was what three minutes from the yep. from the convention center so.
1: yep and they had a lot of guys fishing already you know yeah there were a couple boats there
3: parked in the parking lot mm-hmm. mm-hmm
0: yeah that would be you know that'd be something now I'm gonna jump jump topics right now how long is your skeeter the boat yeah it's nineteen feet nineteen feet with with a buck seventy five on it mm-hmm. and okay so what what's have you fished out of like other you know obviously that's a bass boat and there's other styles of boats do mm-hmm. you know you're probably not doing a lot of trolling out of that boat how how do you no. compare the bass platform to say a more traditional deep v style
3: hi uh, they're a little more stable. Uh, you have a little more room to move around, you know, walk around in the decks to make presentations, things like that. Um, you know, when you're stopped in fishing, there's, there's really not a, a lot of difference. I I grew up fishing out of these style boats. Um, the real, the big difference is the scoot, you know, being able to cover so much more
1: water. Because you're With what? Just because you're lower to the water, uh, that makes it
3: a little easier fishing. You don't have to fight the gunnels as much. Yeah, you when know, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, But the just the speed of the boat, being able to cover water, you mm-hmm. know, if you want to go from one end of the lake oh, to the other, okay. yeah, you can get okay. there quickly.
1: Yeah, yeah. if you're um, doing that, running and getting. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So, I've I've had I fished, you know, actually. I guess, yeah, it's musky fishing. With, with my buddy, Eric, who has, uh, he has a Ranger, and I, I don't even know the model, but it's, it's probably late 80s, early 90s, one of their popular 17-foot boats, whatever that is, a 381 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's told stories and about waves coming and, like, almost wiping his deck clean of rods. Hell yeah. So you know what I'm talking about.
3: Yeah, yeah. when you stuff one. <laughs> you'll, you'll you'll come over the top of one, and you won't be able to get, you'll come down the backside of it, and you won't be able to get the up quick enough. So you, what we used to call going submersible, and you would kind of drive. Submersible?
0: Through <laughs> so, okay, so, so you.
3: Was, uh, we did that one day trying to go from Clayton, New York, out to, the, to Lake Ontario on the St. Lawrence, and we, we went submersible. <laughs> and i was sitting there and the, the water was over my knees in the boat
2: oh my our, god our
3: sunglasses were washed down our face and, and we were just sitting there laughing at you know bobbing around waiting for the bilge pumps to, to pump us out so we could get back head back to clayton not to the lake so,
0: so i mean th- th- that's not like oh we got caught in the rain turn on the bilge this is like swamp your boat
3: Inches, if not it, feet, yeah.
0: of water coming over. Do you? Does the engine get swamped?
3: Yeah, they'll they'll fill right up the the seating area. You know, it'll it'll fill right up, and you got to wait for it to pump out. There's actually a tournament uh, back in the late '80s down on Kerr Reservoir, which is on the North Carolina Virginia border. That if the water was so high, a guy couldn't get under a bridge into a creek where he wanted to fish. So he would come to the bridge each morning and pull the drain plug out of his boat and let it swamp. And then he could go under the bridge and he'd put the plug back in and pump the boat out and fish for the day and then repeat the process on the way out. And he ended up winning the tournament. Oh, my God. Oh, gosh. You know, I I was
0: always taught that water shouldn't be inside your boat. It should be outside your boat.
3: Oh, that's a very good rule to follow. I, you, know, <laughs> you know, we're professional people at home. Please don't try. <laughs> yeah. We're professional. So, um, but I've always heard stories that a lot of the bass guys that fish St. Clair and the Detroit River and the Western Basin here, they'll tie a bucket to their pedestal seat on a rope. And then when they stuff one, it's the. The rider's job to start bailing the boat out so they can get going faster. Oh
2: gosh! So it's going to happen, probably. They just
0: they, they just go. wear your swim trunks when you go fishing.
3: Yeah.
0: And and make sure your electronics are up high. Wow. And yeah. that's that i I've, I've you know it was Eric has never told me about that, but he also fishes a lot of smaller water. What he was telling me was. He was in Presque Isle, and like one of those like Coast Guard cutters came by and put off this huge wake, and it just kind of mm-hmm. like he he hit the first one and like you were saying, the second one came and just like about wiped all the rods off the deck because he was sitting there casting. Yeah, yeah it,
3: it's quite
1: a sight when you see the that big
3: uh, tsunami coming over the trolling motor. <laughs> oh, wow! I don't want to
1: see that. How, how come? No. How come you I, know? I just,
0: when the when the when the conversation on all the muskie sites go to is a bass boat a good boat to fish for muskies and you know of course you know like, but how come this never comes up going submersible <clears throat> yeah how come that never comes up I think that's an advantage it is you can go dive submersible. dive yeah you can <laughs> beep, beep. why should you go over the waves when
2: you can go through them
3: yeah
2: unbelievable
0: it's a he shorter right path it. yeah. It's a shorter
3: path.
2: I mean, the the idea I I see some of those those bass boats just burning across, you know, like a three foot chop. Yes. They just get right up on those waves and they, they go. Yeah. I mean, it looks it looks insane. I, I I don't I don't feel safe doing that. But that to, to me that that
0: that's the equivalent. When I used to ride dirt bikes a lot, and and you'd they'd be like on a motocross track the whoop section, that is uh-huh. like you know that's also like skiing moguls kind of except your body yeah. can fall apart on moguls <laughs> and if you break a dirt bike who cares i mean you can also die but obviously you know what i'm talking about yeah. and um, there's that point to where you when you're committed and it's working you look like you look like a pro but when you're like a normal guy trying to do it you just look like an idiot <laughs> splashing and things going every rich way mm-hmm. but you know, do, is that how you drive? You just say "screw it," you drop the hammer, and you skip.
3: No. <laughs> <laughs> now that I'm older, I like to think I'm a little wiser <laughs> and,
1: uh, and plan my trip a little bit better. Exactly. <laughs> these guys, these guys run around in fast boats, and, just both. and I, I'm I'm I, I got my old big old boat lined. Goes about thirty six or eight. And I, you know, when it's that rough, it's like, you guys can run down there and try to catch a fish. I'm going to troll down and we'll catch them all. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Old (laughs) bull story. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, if I I didn't
3: fish tournaments, I probably would not have a a bass, but I would have more of a, something like vans with me, but... Yeah. A tiller. Yeah.
0: Now you're speaking my language. Oh man, you should have seen Vance perk up when you said when you said that.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can remember when the first um, when one came out with the the Gary Roach boats, probably late eighties, early nineties. I think they had like ninety tillers on it, and we were like amazed by that. But yours has like, yeah. two hundred on it, right?
2: Yes, it does. Two hundred.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Two hundred tiller. It's getting all decked out this weekend. Muddy mm-hmm. Creek stickers.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah yeah i i
2: go ahead todd yeah it's getting no no it's getting ready it was weekend
1: it's getting ready ready to go for the
2: season (laughs) i i took it out and washed and waxed it for the first time we had we had some nice weather up here and i sent the guys a photo i was like you know getting ready for the cave and they sent me they sent me back you know i was expecting like a you know you know nice wax job or something looks good they all just Laid into me, they were like the stickers aren't even on that, but not not even the registration one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's
1: like they said it's the stolen. Registration number, tell you that's the first thing I said. Man, <laughs> you got to put a registration number on that boat. I'm oh like, <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, it, and and like what Todd was was saying, like the the vinyl cutter and stuff. For me, I I bought a vinyl cutter to, gosh, Todd, when did we go do the PMTT? 2013.
1: Yeah, 12 or 13. I can't remember.
0: I think it was 2013. We went down to Cave Run to do the PMTT. And we took my boat because you brought, I didn't even know this, the Ranger Cup. You probably know the Ranger Cup, right, Pete?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, should we have won, we would have got an extra $1,000 from Ranger. That's hence that sticker. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. granted, my boat is not a new Ranger, but it, and anyways.
2: It qualifies. It Any qualifies. Ranger qualifies. That's right. So you, he, had to, he had he had to make yeah. the stickers again on it to 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 make it look like a Ranger official.
0: No, it was on it. I have the original decals. They're <laughs>
2: they're very fitting for this era. You can you can make this boat whatever you want now. You can make it a Lumacraft Lund. Who knows if it's really a Ranger? I don't believe you. It's, you don't believe me.
0: It's carved,
1: it's carved inside.
2: That's
0: right, because <laughs> I I with I, a rock. <laughs> 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 I can show you the rock I used. Nice, <laughs> <laughs> but. Anyways, like, long story short about this was I needed to, I wanted to put decals on the side of my boat to go down to Cave Run. So I went to all the sign shops. Well, not all of them, several. And they wanted an arm and a leg for, for essentially, I was supplying them the file for them to cut. And I just said, well, hmm. As well, you-, you wanted, like, $300, $400 to do this cutout, and I'm, make, I'm making the program for you why don't I just go buy a three or $400 vinyl cutter and do it myself? Yeah. And, you know, I, I can't say that it's made, it, it, you know, it hasn't paid for itself because I haven't taken a nickel from all the stuff I've done. <laughs> and I've made a lot of decals for people. But it's, it just helps out. So I have a vinyl cutter. Anyways, Vance picked out a color that he wanted all of his graphics to be. And I went and fired up my vinyl cutter for the first time in, like, a long time. You, it was a debacle no I I like <laughs> I forgot some of the little tips and tricks that make it nice I was I was having the vinyl cutter cuts decals over other decals because I'm like ah oh, crap well here's eight foot of vinyl gone <laughs> cut it off do it again and I gotta get my numbers made they're right here okay everything see how see how big this is yeah I probably have 15 feet of vinyl right here there you go. And there's probably, it only needed like eight feet, but I'm not going to get into the... Uh...
1: The plus side of having your own vinyl cutter, or Andy and us having our own <laughs> vinyl cutter, is I'm standing right now looking at my golf cart that I'll be taking back up to my campground. It says Fat-A-Z Musky Products yeah. on my golf cart. I got it on the jet ski. I got it on the boat. It's <laughs> going say Muddy Creek on the boat, jet ski. Yeah.
0: So, that is a perk that is a perk and and the golf cart Todd how much golfing do you do?
1: I never golfed in my life
2: oh
1: I just ride it around
2: And for mo- mobile advertisement okay. you're allowed
1: to buy them when you hit 45 years old so you guys can't get one for a
2: while yeah <laughs> I can't get one for a while
1: <laughs> you already have one at least. actually
0: I, my parents have one that I borrowed for a summer but it's, it's not here anymore.
1: But I hit 45, you're allowed to ride around a golf cart.
3: Is that true, can Pete? Can use it at the mini golf course, too?
1: Yeah. That would be awesome.
0: <laughs> I'd, be, I'd, be, up to the yeah. I'd be driving through that windmill. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I use it all the time around here. I go feed the deer, I drive it out back, feed the deer. I'm going to miss it when I pick
2: it up. If I can't. Yeah. Utility vehicle. Utility yeah. It's my little
1: ATV. I don't have a four-wheeler, so I have a golf cart. Awesome. You know,
2: speaking of those those bass tournaments, and I'm, I'm going to touch... I'm going to go back here for, for a second. It, you know, we were talking about the 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 catch and release and how they score for these musky musky ones. Those, those bass tournaments, you guys take, take the fish in, and there's, you know, a weigh-in and whatnot. So you put them in your live well, and I always, when I'm out there fishing and I see those tournaments and everybody's zooming by at hundred miles an hour and whatnot, just like out of a rocket, I'll be, I'll be like, you know, concentrating, I'll be looking at my my graph and I'm looking at the weed edge and stuff and I'm looking down and I'm fishing and it's all silent. And then all of a sudden a rocket ship just like appears out of nowhere, shoots out of the hole, Mm -hmm. is almost at like 90 degrees, comes up on plane and boom is to the next spot before you could blink an eye. I always think about those fish in, <laughs> yes. in in the live well. Sloshing around. They have to go in the live well. They come out of, out of a hole at like 100 miles an hour, skip across the waves, go into a way, and They pull them out. They're holding them. They got X's on their eyes, and then they throw them back in. <laughs> X's on their eyes. i like, oh, look at these fish. I was like, uh, I'm like what happens after those those ones? But I know that they put them in bags, and then they, they throw them back, and and whatnot, and I actually, I, I timed that up sometimes, we were going bass fishing, uh, we'd always go go to the weigh-in spots, and, and fish there the night after that, and we'd always have really good success.
1: Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> yeah, for so me, yeah. it's working, catch and release works. <laughs> I,
0: uh, yeah, I, well, the only thing I can really do with bass, bass tournament stories was, when my, uh, my wife worked at Gander Mountain years and years ago, they, they were a sponsor for a, a little bass tournament on Presque Isle, and all these people bringing in the weigh-in, we we, we kind of sat there and they just had a little Gander Mountain thing set up. And I said, "Ah, oh, sure, I'll sit there." She wanted to see the fish. Well, they're bringing all these smallmouths in, and like when when they're weighing them and stuff like that, there's like a team of people there with syringes pulling the air out of their bladders, and there's really? like a PVC like slide, water slide that they're just like pull the air out of the bladders and they just shoot them down like, like the in. thing at the bank. Wow. That, that when you drive up to the bank. <laughs> uh, to the just, teller? Yeah. Only it goes down and it goes plunk mm-hmm. and there's like, some of these fish are dying and there's just these little kids at the dock. <laughs> they must, they must just know this. They're handing them these dead small because <laughs> they just brought them up about 40 feet of water and, mm, and they're just giving, well. and those kids are running home to mommy mm-hmm. and they're, you know, I don't know, it's probably June, July, those fish probably aren't that good tasting anyway, no. but they're bringing home, you know, 10 pounds of smallmouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, that's,
0: yeah
3: that, that shizzing, that's what they were doing when they were releasing the air out of the bladder. That's a, that's kind of a big movement, is a fish care movement, at least on the bass side. They're um, big proponents of that. I uh, know when they, when they fish the deeper lakes, when they make their kind of their northern swings during the summer and stuff.
0: And and that's that is literally just that, just letting the air out so they can have some kind of a chance at swimming away.
3: Yeah. Yeah, they they sell little kits that have the syringe in it and directions about where you're you should insert it into the fish and that and that's all you're doing is is letting the air out of that swim bladder so they can get back down. Oh, I,
2: I, I saw that it's a pretty oh. sterile procedure. Well, Are you reusing needles?
0: No, they, they weren't using needles for me. They had, they just kept getting a a new Capri Sun, and they just kept. And then, yeah, and Capri Sun. just <laughs> nice using the straw from a Capri Sun. No, they were using needles, and wow. uh, they weren't sharing. Every fish had their own. Mm. We didn't want to pass any red spot, anything like that. VHS, we they were VH, very VHS. <laughs> that was the big thing. <laughs> Not not the cassette, not the the movies, <laughs> the old time movies
2: <laughs> anything to get him swimming again,
0: yeah, but yeah you know, that that was something that you know i that was a memory I forgot about until you kind of started talking about the bass tournaments, and that was the only thing I could really
2: yeah I, I always would see, I'm like seeing it they, they're just zooming, and I'm like, holy, that guy must be doing seventy mile an hour, yeah, there's fisher in that live well right now. Yeah. Do, okay. do, does your skeeter have a jack plate on it?
3: It does not,
0: no. Okay. If it did, I was going to ask you how, how you liked it, if you had it before and after, and what you thought. But. Nope. Nope.
3: Not on this one. The only thing I know about jack plates is make sure you keep the bolts on the side tight because they like to loosen up. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't want to run yeah, away into bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So.
0: <clears throat> Um, do, you know we're hitting the hour mark right now? Do you have any good musky stories you want to share with us? We we generally ask. Yeah. Guests. When was
2: when was your first musky? Uh,
3: first one I caught was uh, fall 2013 on the lake here in North Carolina. It was it was just a little one. It was only 42 inches, but uh, that's not a little one. A big spinnerbait about half way back to the boat.
0: Now, were, were you purposely fishing for them, or were you bass fishing?
3: Purposely fishing for them. That was, I think, that may be the first trip that I ever went out purposely trying to catch one.
0: That's usually how it happens.
1: Yeah.
0: Is, you know, I'm going to go fish for them, and then you go and you, you have, you know, instant success, or fairly, and that's usually how when people start getting the bug mm-hmm. is... And then you might go for a couple years and not catch. I mean, I've, I've heard those stories, people. I'm going on 12 years without catching one. I'm like, well, maybe you should try something else. Yeah. Yeah. But, okay, so you, it, you got one. It was it, 42 in my book is not a small fish. That's a really nice fish. Oh,
1: thank
0: you. It's a nice casting fish for
2: sure.
3: A and, good starter fish, I
2: guess. A starter Hell fish. Yeah. <laughs> As you start seeing those other ones, you're like, "Damn it, they're they're not all this big." That's right. Mm-hmm. And is that is that also your big fish right now?
3: It is my big fish right now.
0: Nice. So, like me, my third muskie was was a fifty one and a half, and I still haven't yet to catch up to it. Mm. And <laughs> you know that that's just what happens. Now, since since then, have have you been successful since?
3: Uh, I've had every time I go, I usually have one follow. I usually see one, um, and then usually the guys in the boat with me catch one. But the one I had on last week was the only other one I've had on. That was my second one I had on. So yeah.
0: nice. So you know it. You know you're. How does it feel to be a successful bass fisherman, and yet you're still fishing essentially the same waters? to kind of be like, I'm, I'm still new at this. D- is it something that you're, like, gravitating towards, or is it like, geez, I should just go to what I'm familiar with?
3: Gravitating towards the monkey side of things?
0: Or? Yeah, is that something that you're like, oh, this is a new challenge for me? I've, I'm, I'm well, well-versed well in the bass field, you know, is or are you saying, I'm just going to stay after the bass? No, it's,
3: it's a, uh, like it said, the forest it's a good compliment to the bass fishing. And, and what I really like about it is just the challenge and, you know, knowing that it could happen pretty much at any time, you know, it's, uh, usually your dreams are crushed at the end of the day. Least, uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, you get back up, dust yourself off and try again. But it's, <laughs> it's you know, that the challenge of trying to catch one and, and just kind of exploring this whole new way, to enjoy fishing. I mean I think that's what makes fishing so great is there's so many ways to enjoy it. Whether you wanna advance as black in a tournament or you know, bear down and keep if you wanna go oh river oh. For trout.
0: Yeah. No we we,
3: we lost. So great. Yeah.
0: We, we lost some of the stuff that you said. You you were popping in
3: and out on that. Not on but... the muskie stuff at all. In fact, I, I think I, more of my fishing budget
1: goes towards that now than the bass side of things.
0: That's what we like to hear.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I will say one thing, like, uh, I launch almost every day after there at Chautauqua and the muskie, guy, you know, the muskie, I'm going muskie fishing. They can tell I'm going muskie fishing. And, uh, there's bass tournaments going on all the time at Chautauqua. And, uh, you know, the guys like to come over and talk, and, oh, geez, we had going on, and this and that, you know, they all tell the story. Those darn muskies took all my baits today, but I, I, I've stuck around a couple of times when I pulled out, as, as uh, Andy was just saying about, you know, when they had their weight in, and I've gone over and watched, when they were giving away their boat, I've gone over and listened, you know, just stood there and watched and listened to the stuff, and The the Muskie stories that go on in Chautauqua with those guys, like, even though they're in a big tournament with big money on the line, I can't tell you how many times I've heard them, like, saying, You should see this Muskie came up and grabbed this bait. They're telling Muskie stories.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: And a lot of times I feel that those guys, and I, you know, I pulled some of them aside. I said, You know, everybody, like, talks bad about the Muskies up here. And uh, there's so many Muskies, they're grabbing my baits. I said,
2: yeah, you,
1: you know, I hear people talking bad about it, but what's the real feeling? You know, aren't you guys got a little bit excited, even? And every single person I pull aside is like, "Yeah, I mean, if you got a bunch of money on the line for an entry fee, you don't spend a lot of time fighting the muskie." Mm-hmm. But there's a reason they're telling that story. Because it's, it, you know, he's like, they're excited about it. <laughs> Those guys are excited when they hook into a 40-inch fish or 4-foot fish. <laughs> they're very excited.
3: Yeah, I and mean,
1: that's, that,
3: that's what I run into too down here when I, when I pull up to the ramp, when I'm headed out to bass fish for the day. You know, people are like, oh, you know, I'll run into guys and they'll say, oh, what are you fishing for, a bass? And that's where the conversation ends. But if I'm there with my musky stuff and I, you know, I pull out my big net and it's yeah. not like, going after strippers or cavish? And I say, no, I'm musky. And then, you know, that kicks up a conversation right yeah. there. I think it's, yeah. you know, it's, you know, everybody's interested in them.
1: Now. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, they're definitely an interest. Last year they had the uh, the college team. I don't I think I was fishing with dance that day. But, uh, like, the, they had a big tournament up, the, up at for with, with all the colleges. Mm-hmm. You know, colleges from all over, and we were fishing this one day, and there was some college kids coming up, and you know, we were throwing bait, and you know, we caught a muskie, we caught a second muskie. They watched, and these kids, they they, they had their trolling motor right there, and they were watching. It was like, dude, you gotta tell us what, what you're doing, what you're using, because we already know what we're going for this tournament. And they were like from Alabama or something. They're like, we had a couple of those fish came up and followed our base up to the boat, and I that's what we're going to do tomorrow because we got one day between tournament and I want to catch one of those things, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. you know? And, uh, you know, we set them up with some rafters. We set them up with some leaders and stuff like that. They're like, we're going for it. I never got to talk to them, you know, afterwards, to see if they had any success. But uh, they were very intrigued with the fish. We'll put it that way. Especially yeah, the Southern people, you know, very intrigued.
0: Now, mm-hmm. now, no, Pete, when you're down at those lakes, in, in the little story you just told about, you know, when when you say you're going muskie fishing and, and the people all of a sudden strike up a conversation, are there still 60- and 70-inch muskies caught down there from all the people on the docks telling you?
3: No, they only catch 80- and 90-inch ones here. <laughs> oh,
0: nice. <laughs> I didn't realize they were that big down yeah, there. So they don't bother with the 60- and
3: 70 inches. Yeah. <laughs> they don't bother with
1: the six-footers, yeah.
3: Now, you you get stories about how they, you know, they caught one so many years ago and they, they can still remember every bit about it. And, you know, or they've said, I've, 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 you know, heard they're here, but I've never seen them. Do you really catch them? And, you know, yeah. is your lure really that big? And-
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> no, it's a hologram. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's funny.
3: Yeah.
0: I, I once had a guy... And this was on a small little local lake. You probably heard of it, LaBeouf. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. They were bank fishing over there by the bar. And um, the person, and this has nothing to do with muskie fishing, except that I was muskie fishing. The person on the bank said, You should have been here yesterday. So-and-so caught a 38-inch crappie right where you're at. A thirty-eight inch crappy. Thirty-eight inch crappy. And I'm not making mm. this one up. I said, no kidding. And I'm like, man, that's like that's that's so much more exaggerated than even a seventy two inch musky. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> was that the, the
3: crappy king that said that? You're Cousin to the Muskie King? Uh, could yeah.
1: be. Probably if not the Muskie gang, They were
2: definitely on the same drugs. I, I I'm
1: not one to judge,
0: but where they were at and where like next to the bar if you if you know anything that was not a that was not a castle for a king I can tell you that
3: it was mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> incredible you
1: have you run into the Musky king lately
2: I haven't seen him but I haven't been out much yeah. since you Enough. know I'm laying low <laughs> you know where to busy. find him yeah. mm-hmm.
0: you should go in and just hold up like six fingers I haven't
2: haven't <laughs> <laughs> That, those those are fighting fingers. Those are fighting gestures. He'll probably give you two right back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm laying low.
0: That's. I, I'm gonna. Maybe we'll go and visit him.
3: Mm.
0: We'll go visit him this summer. Yeah, we'll.
1: We'll do an annual steelhead trip next spring.
2: Mm-hmm. Next winter,
1: brother.
2: I know where we'll start. All the.
0: Right. All those spots. I know. I'm, we're going to go right back to where the 160-inch buck was shot.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> That's where we're... Maybe there'll be more beaver bodies.
2: More carcasses.
0: Yeah. <laughs> nice. So, Sounds like quite an adventure.
1: Mm-hmm. It was. It was an adventure. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> it didn't need to be. It should have been just catching steelhead, but the ice had other...
0: And the rising water, and I was yeah, playing... the ice
1: and the rising water and other
0: plants. I was playing, and Vance was making sand castles with his reel. Mm-hmm. Tying up a,
2: a float the wrong way.
1: <laughs> I can pull it off when I take people monkey fishing. I just can't pull it off when you take people on other excursions. It Vance, was playing, Vance was playing in the sand.
2: That came with the trip. I, I did you want... Know, it was, fun. Was,
1: making, rivers. was making new rivers... Uh,
2: playing cowboy.
1: Yeah. These guys are just playing. I, I felt feel like we're a bunch of kids.
3: Waiting for you to hand the rod off. Do <laughs> 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 you like, uh, have to bring your own sand bucket or do you
1: provide them? Yeah, I, I, I will take a sand bucket if you want to do a joy trip with Muddy Three Fishing Guide. Uh sand castle material.
3: But
2: you bring your own beach ball. <laughs> <laughs> sign a waiver.
1: You <laughs> guys are all serious musky guys, and you take them to steelhead fishing, and they're playing in the sand. he's fishing in a
2: so it's fun.
0: you fun.
1: Extreme outlet that he made. That's right. By but, kicking his boot, hey, trying but, to get us, trying to get me to die because I'm actually trying to catch one. Of these things.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but know. give me some credit. Twenty minutes later, <laughs> you could have taken a kayak down that little river that I started.
1: You could have, you could have, <laughs> and all you did was kick your heel.
0: Yeah. Love I it, diverted yeah. a little bit, and it just it it. I didn't realize the impact. <laughs> you know, kind of like that little thing that says a hurricane starts with like a butterfly beating its wings in Africa and kicks up a little thing of dust. Oh
1: yeah. So Vance, was, Vance was Vance was the funniest. So I turn around and look at Vance, and he was, like walking back and forth up there. <laughs> I was trying to I
2: was, I was, trying, was trying to, to look to busy. Out. He
1: like broke his line. And he put his bobber on upside down.
2: And then uh, completely put all those seashells and stuff into my reel. <laughs> That's it. You know, you, you kept going out and fishing for other stuff. Now it's, it's always, it's fun. It is. I mean, I get, I we do so much musky fishing, you know, if you go out and, you know, sometimes those bass hit the jerk baits and stuff. And if they're, they're big enough, I'm just like, wow, that is a really nice fish. Christ me, and, me and Todd had a, one hit a, a legend uh a perch bait. Remember that Todd? Up in Nipissing.
1: Yeah. Only oh, yeah, a bass. Yeah.
2: That was the, the bass. <laughs> <laughs> it might have been fouled. I think that I think yeah. the perch bait came right in over its dorsal. It, yeah. it was funny, but yeah. That would be a rude awakening. Getting out and fishing for other stuff. I'm I'm still not into the you know, I'm still not into it yet. I, I just, yeah, I, I haven't really, really yeah. even thought about fishing yet.
1: I think, I think it was last year, the year before, the outdoor riders were coming in up there at Chautauqua and they were like, yeah we're, yeah, we're trying to get the guys to come up, and they're going to come in, and I said, we're, you know, when is this happening, it's happening in May, and it's like, well, musky season is <laughs> like, yeah, we're going to be crappy fishing, and I was like, oh, <laughs> I can't, I can't do that. <laughs> I can't take somebody out crappy fishing up on Chautauqua. I don't know the first thing about the crappie. Yeah, I've never even caught a crappie on Chautauqua. I can't take somebody out there. Like, no, oh, you can do it. We'll tell you how to do it. <laughs> no, I, I'm not. I'm not coming. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'll huh? take a musky fishing, <laughs> but those crappies are harder than you know. We've got thousands of muskies up there. I never even caught a crappie. I don't even know where the hell they live.
0: <laughs> I have not caught a fish other than a muskie in Chautauqua. Really. In Chautauqua, yeah. Well
1: that's really? Yeah.
0: I'm I'm thinking back. I mean now I haven't been fishing it for years and years. I've done it for probably what, Todd, four years? Mm-hmm. And I might have done maybe what, fifteen trips or so. Yeah. In those maybe more, fifteen to twenty. I have not caught any other species of fish. Now, I'm, I'm thinking even in New York, I have caught a salmon when I was younger. But that's the only...
2: That's it. One salmon and a bunch of muskies. Those are bonuses. They're all bonuses. We're going to get out do a little walleye fishing early. Get our feet wet. Nah. we caught a
1: couple we Yeah, we caught some walleye. We caught some bass last year, but I, I will say it. I, I think it... Me going to Chautauqua, I would rather try to catch a muskie than a bass or a walleye.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: But nice. Well, <clears throat> Pete, you got any more stories?
3: No, I think I'm fresh out.
2: You're fresh out. How about how about any any destination trips this year for muskie fishing for you?
3: Uh. Not that are scheduled right now. Yeah.
0: Getting the the local lakes, trying to get that going. Okay. Nice. All right. Well, do you have any plugs you want to
3: get out? Uh, I guess the Meadville Tribune. So I can read your article, but that's
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I should have I should have asked you early on. I'm like I never asked you for plugs. Meadville Tribune. Is there any other writing that you want people to to read of yours?
3: Uh, they, I usually write a couple things a month for dot uh, com, and uh, I'm in Bass Angler Magazine usually each issue, um, and then uh, uh, usually Musty Hunter. Uh, everyone, once in a while, I'll have one in there. Really? How come you? How come we didn't figure that out earlier? Yeah. Yeah, I had three in there over the past year. A couple of them were just on. Uh, some muskie studies that they were doing in North Carolina and then there was one uh, feature article about uh, fishing the smaller rivers down here. So
0: I we want to think that I remember seeing that. Because I, I look, I, I get muskie hunter and I like to look through it and, you know, I generally try to read as much as I can in there just because I, I still like to hold something and read it.
2: Mm-hmm. I do so yeah.
0: much reading and stuff mm-hmm. on forums and stuff I really enjoy looking at a magazine and, and just having the physical copy there. I'm going to try to find that. Because I, I remember that that, something.
3: That about a year ago, and there they had a whole issue that was uh, dedicated to river fishing. It was in that
0: one. Okay, cool. Nice. So, we had a celebrity on.
2: We do. That is awesome is. stuff, is. getting that, getting them published in that. Yeah. that. That's That's the cream of the crop magazine right there. That is the industry.
0: That is. Everybody knows Muskie Hunter. Mm-hmm. Everyone mm. will know Pete Anderson now. Check him yeah. out. Nice. Well, uh, Fat Azy Muskie products on Facebook and Instagram fatazemusky.com. And we have Todd Young, become his friend. If you want to see his used inventory of St. Croix rods, become his friend and ask him. <laughs> he probably doesn't have any but i'm just going to see how many people can message him and yeah, great <laughs> <laughs> fill that inbox up and uh, mcfishingguides.com muddy creek fishing guides on facebook and saint croix rods you know them you who if you haven't heard of them I, I don't know how you're listening to this podcast because how you'd find this podcast and not know saint croix rods i don't know <laughs> But if you need any help for directions to find St. Croix rods, just message Todd and ask about oh, the rods. I'll, yeah. <laughs> we'll help you out. Am I missing anything, Todd? No. man. We're good to go, yeah. We're good. We're good. Pete, thank you very much.
1: Pete, thanks, man. It worked out great. Thank you guys. Yeah.
0: Pleasure. So uh if it got really cold here, so if you're still fishing, well, good luck to you guys. Uh Well, that's it. Thanks for listening.